When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, to, welcome to another episode of the Spike Week Draft Club. I'm a little late again, two days in a row. I apologize. It uh, was a bit of a mess. Similar to yesterday, I told a story about um, <laughs> the rabbit falling into my egress here in my office. It was a little bit similar today where I'm an idiot. And um, so obviously you see I, I wear AirPods for the shows. It um, cancels the noise of everything and uh, helps me. Uh, it's freaky to hear yourself talk. And so I can't hear myself as much. Um, and I find that to be helpful. But I couldn't find him. Couldn't around the house. I haven't left the house in like two days or whatever. And still can't find the AirPods anywhere. So I've been trying to figure that out for the last oh, five minutes or whatever. But alas, here we are. We're going to hop into a drafter's draft. Thank you for the patience. And um, I'm pretty excited. We talked about drafters uh, multiple times this week. They launched a million-dollar contest, which is just absolutely insane. A million-dollar tournament on drafters. We're going to get into some strategy. We're obviously going to hop in a draft if you're not in. Um, I think we're waiting for... Sorry, I'm trying to pull it up. How many more we need? Four more. We need four more. So if you're watching or if you're in the chat, please hop in so we can fill this puppy and get into it. Let's have some fun. All right, looks like we need four more for a drafter's best ball championship. As I was saying before, it is so crazy where we're at now. Last year, um, someone someone would have to correct me. I think it was 25000 to first place in drafter's big tournament last year. I think. It's somewhere around there, right? This year, it's 250000 to first to first place. As Tony says, hit the like button while you're while you're hopping in. Thank you. The fact that we have, you know, DraftKings obviously hasn't launched yet. And I'm of the belief that um, maybe FanDuel and Yahoo are going to dip their toes in a little bit more in the best ball space this year. We'll see. But DraftKings hasn't even launched yet. We know that they're going to have at least another million, right? Another uh, Millie Maker and, and other tournaments we'll see who, who really knows what DraftKings is going to do but underdog has a 10 million dollar prize pool and drafters has a million dollar prize pool like this is a bizarre bizarre world that we that we are living in 
in, in best ball, but the drafters thing is really important. Um, and I want to make sure to keep drafting on there and talking about them because I mean, a, that's a, that's a huge contest, right? A, the original best ball mania did not have a $250,000 first prize. So we've surpassed that already on one of these, um, you know, I guess what I would call secondary, secondary sites. It's, it's, it's pretty huge. And I think there are some pretty big advantages. Let me uh, share my screen. I went over this a little bit yesterday, so I don't, I don't want to like um, belabor the point too much, but I wrote up kind of um, players to draft right now in this, in this drafters tournament. I will post this link in the chat right now for anyone that has not seen it. And um, obviously a lot of it has to do with uh, ADP on these guys, right? Um, certain guys are clearly undervalued on certain sites that also exist on underdog that will exist on DraftKings and any other sites, FFPC, right? If FanDuel or Yahoo have tournaments that will exist period. However, the drafters format is extremely unique. And I think it's one of those things that's very difficult to conceptualize or project or even like put into a rank, like a, a ranking set, the differences, but the differences are like, it's also on, on the flip side, hard to um, underestimate the difference between the drafters format. And, and then like, maybe that sounds crazy. You're like, it's, it's just fantasy football. What are you talking about? Like, why, why is it such a big, a big difference? But think about underdog and what drives like all the money how do you make all the money on underdog right it is strictly 100 the playoff weeks obviously you have to make it to the playoff weeks first but then you have to make it to the final round which is hard enough as it is absurd low probability outcome just to make the finals now this year it's a 400 what 450 people or what what if you know, nearly 500 people make the finals and now you have to win that. <laughs> right. And so obviously the drafters outcome is equally difficult, but it's in a very different way. The, the underdog, um, you know, playoff format creates more incentive to largely forego like shooting for the most points. They're so it's 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 so different because like, you know, I'll probably reference this too many times over the course of, of the season. But Peter Overzet and I had a team that finished in the top 10 of Best Ball Mania 2 last year. And it was not it was not anywhere like you wouldn't if, if it was drafted on drafters. Never like it wouldn't have even it maybe min cashed. I don't know. Just it happened to stay healthy enough, I guess to be relevant on, uh, on drafters, but it wasn't going to win anything substantial, but that's part of the point. The teams that do best on underdog and DraftKings are wildly different from the teams that do best here on drafters. I had Josh Norris on Wednesday from underdog shout out, Josh. He's the best. He mentioned that, um, the highest 
regular season scoring team on underdog. Obviously, this did not win best ball mania or even really do any damage in in um, the tournament, which really sucks for that guy. But the highest scoring regular season team was an absurd Tampa Bay Bucks like onslaught. Brady, Fournette, Godwin, Evans, Gronk. And the guy reached on like all those guys. <laughs> took Gronk way ahead of ADP. Took Lenny way ahead of ADP. But he just hit on all the right guys, right? I think he had JT and he had Cup, right? So he just had all the smashes. That team would have crushed on drafters. That team, he turned $25 into $50 <laughs> on, on, on underdog. So it's, it's just so like the, the things that we're shooting for are so different on, on both sites. And it's very difficult to kind of conceptualize those differences really quick. Let me just double check uh, how many more we need here before I look at some of this in the, Oh, one more. If you're around, if if you are here and you would like to get in this draft, please do. We need one more person on drafters for this draft. Um, promo code Spike. You'll get a free ticket. Free ticket into this million dollar contest if you use promo code Spike. Um, let's look at this really quick though. So. I talked about, you know, these are some of my man crushes, right? These are some of my guys. David Bell. I've, I've talked about David Bell a lot, but I actually think he's a, he's like, all these guys are, but David Bell is like the perfect example of optimizing for the drafters structure, right? So I, I kind of say it in here, but I think it's important to kind of hit it again. Oh, draft filled. Thank you to whoever, thank you to whoever joined draft is filled so I'll, it'll start in two minutes i'll cut this to two minutes david bell is the perfect encapsulation of what i think we should be targeting in this format a he's undervalued so that easily sticks out but even if he wasn't a wild adp value like honestly even if he you know even if i didn't have him ranked where i did relative to where his adp was um uh, i haven't looked yet i'll i'll, I'll look. do i have the influencer 101 uh, but even if I didn't have David Bell ranked, you know, wildly uh, above his ADP, I think he would still be a good target if his ADP was close enough to this to this ranking. Because, like I said, he just oh shit, I accidentally just hit join the slow draft. Hold on, I'm trying to figure out how to do. <laughs> Apparently, I'm just a boomer. How do I get in this freaking draft from the web? Somebody, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna share a different screen now. This is just the life of getting old. And how do I enter? So this draft is filled. Where do I go? Upcoming. Right now, how do I get in the fucking draft? <laughs> this is this is hilarious. I'm on the clock with the with the 101, and I don't know how to. Oh, here we go. Active drafts. Okay. See, I gotta get familiar. I gotta get more familiar with the product. 
I got to get more familiar with quarterback. So anyway, I am going to take Jonathan Taylor 101. I do think in this format, um, Cooper Cup is a reasonable 101. And if you actually prefer Christian McCaffrey, I think he's a reasonable 101 too. It's a little more debatable. Uh, there we go. Thank you, DKB. Um, yeah. What a what a joke I am being unable to to figure to figure this out. Thank you guys. Um, anyway, David Bell, really quick, just to summarize summarize that because obviously you need to finish first out of a shit ton of people in this big of a contest in order to win two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So you need upside. You're not. It's not like you're foregoing upside and just drafting all what you would perceive to be safe guys, right? Because they're just going to accumulate points, right? Uh, Jacoby Myers and Jamison Crowder and uh, those kind of guys. I'm not saying those guys aren't viable. Shit, who knows? Maybe I will end up taking them in, in this draft because they're fine. But you do still need upside. Where does upside come from? In, in a myriad of ways, but the easiest area to, to target upside is youth, right? And uncertainty and uncertainty, uh, our youth breeds uncertainty. And so David Bell is a wide receiver who was a great, great prospect, went to the combine and tested poorly. That's why he did not go higher than he did. And he still got reasonable draft capital and then steps into a situation that is perfect with almost no competition for targets. Again, shout out Josh Norris, who kind of leaked to us with his NFL uh, insider information that um, they that David Bell is going to play in the slot for them, which is even better for this full PPR format. And you get the best of both worlds. He's he's not going to hurt you week one, right? Like the problem with Amon Ross St. Brown in this format last year, problem's a bad word, but he absolutely was a, you needed to have him to win tournaments on underdog because he was a late round pick that just absolutely went nuts late in, in the playoff rounds on drafters. Of course you want him. Of course you want Amon Ra. St. Brown, but you, you like could make up that, what those three or four weeks that he put up monster scores, like in theory, you could put up scores well before then that held off the Amon Ra teams. Of course you would still like to have them for those weeks, but it's not quite the same thing. And the David Bell types fit both, you know, he's going to have a role early a greater role than Amon Ra did on an offense with Deshaun Watson after, you know, if we assume he gets suspended after he comes back from suspension. Okay. Let's see. TKB says, yeah, they need to make it easier to see. I also always draft on my phone on, uh, on drafters aside from doing the streams. It's very easy. It's very easy. Ooh. Okay, so I have Jonathan Taylor, and I can't do I, – I actually am not opposed to Nick Chubb this year. So I'm going to queue up some guys here, and I'm going to totally go against everything that I believe in, and we're going to have a little fun. 
And I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor, <clears throat> Saquon Barkley, and James Conner. And I'm going to do a, probably a four running back team. But with those those three to start. If you're in the Discord, you have seen uh, a plenty of Saquon Barkley talk. But he is uh, he is one of my guys this year. If I pull up pull up the drafters rankings. Yeah, sorry, Jack. I know you probably came here for a lot of wide receivers. Well, I guess technically you're still going to get a lot of wide receivers. Um, I will say most of the time I'll be drafting the AJ Browns and T Higgins of the world at that spot, but um, I wanted to I wanted to mix it up. I wanted to mix it up. Well, this is what happens. You zig when everyone else is zagging. They everyone joins this draft thinking, "Huh, these idiots." They're going to draft all these wide receivers and I'm going to get all this running back value and then spin it around, spin it around right back on you. I mean, no, Paul, I had to get a rabbit out of an egress yesterday. My hip hurts from trying to catch it. It jumped on me. I don't know if that's safe. Probably not. I should go to the doctor. I don't know. And now I let Jack get T Higgins. I mean, my dog's in the room sleeping. Is my dog a boomer? His name is Griffey. Technically, I guess Ken Griffey Jr. is probably a boomer. Um, but what I was going to say is, if you go to the currently free Spike Week rankings, you'll see how high I am on Saquon Barkley, right? I'm trying to highlight this. 11th overall on drafters in particular. 11th overall. And then you see James Conner. 15th overall. So it's the other thing um, that I'm trying to do that you also see here. Those guys are higher for me on drafters. Given the, the structure of this tournament. Than those wide receivers were. AJ Brown is 19th. T Higgins is 22nd. So like I'm still even like at or above market on those on those guys. But I think. um these these kind of running backs have additional value in uh, in this format. Yeah, Herzig says Derrick Henry is at number twenty three. Yep, you can have the you can have the guy who doesn't catch passes on the Titans offense led by uh, Nick Westbrook Akine. I don't want him in the full PPR. An old nothing I love more than an old running back that doesn't catch passes on a offense that's probably going to be bad. Uh, in a full PPR cumulative scoring contest. Nothing I love more than that. But yes, I'm uh, I'm anti Derrick Henry. So let's see how this is going. Ooh, a little maybe maybe we kicked off some running back love here. I see a lot of green on the screen. I see a lot of green. T. Higgins, Deontay. Mike Williams finally getting the respect he has deserved here at the end of round three. 
let me zoom this in a bit. What is that, Mike? Mr. Richard or M. Richard? M. Richard. <laughs> Mr. Richard. M. Richard, 21, with the Mike Williams and Justin Herbert stack there with Diggs and Mixon. Strong start. Look at all these suckers. Look at this. Look at this. Look at Jack with these wide receivers. Don't you know it's cumulative scoring? You need running backs, bro. That's how this works. Michael Dubner, shout out in the chat with a equally strong zero RB team so far. Flea with Cup, Fournette, Josh Allen, and Terry McLaurin. What I will say is I'm not drafting another running back. We're going to get on over to wide receiver here. Start queuing some people up here so I don't... Uh, Hollywood, Gabe. That's tight end looking like. Kittle. It's quarterback. <sighs> okay, so I'm definitely going to hit wide receiver here. And, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to have a little fun. Norm, I, I almost always draft Cortland Sutton. And I'm still thinking about drafting Cortland Sutton here. But I've, I feel as though um, I've been too low on Hollywood to start. And what I think I'm actually going to do is cue myself up with the Hollywood Tyler stack with the robust running back start. A little bit of a reach on both of them there, but obviously... There's like you, I cannot get those guys if I wait. And so that's one thing that's like a pet peeve of mine is when people say don't reach. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree. You shouldn't like go crazy, um, you know, drafting guys like, like in that spot, if Josh Allen were available and I reached for Kyler and Hollywood as a stack there, like that's bad. Like when you take a guy who's a tier below, um, you know, and you reach, then then that's bad. But the, especially when you're close to the turn or on the turn, like, I don't know, Kyler's never getting back to me there. What's the difference between taking Kyler at 50 and taking Kyler at 60? I don't know. It doesn't matter to me, I don't think. So that's one thing I, I do think it's lost in some of the discussion around um, reaching and ADP and value and all of that. It's like, it, it assumes, you know, it assumes everything is just uh, super straightforward. And these drafts just like go according to plan. And there's nothing, um, you know, there's no nuance to where you draft from. So yeah, Paul says the turn is a different beast when it comes to reaching. And that's the thing, as long as you're not reaching, like, I didn't take Trey Lance in the fifth round. Like I took a, like his ADP is technically lower than where I took him. Yes. But um, I'm actively trying to get a little bit more of that stack. And I thought it was a pretty reasonable um, spot to do so. Knowing I'm just going to take a boatload of wide receivers. And we'll get into a little bit more why I'm pretty comfortable doing that here, kind of as opposed to underdog where I'm not quite as comfortable. 
doing that. Tony, we know you reach all day because you take Najee first overall. You post about it on Twitter every day. You come into the you come into this chat every time and you post Najee 101. We know that you reach. You take Najee. Um, Michael says, since running backs simply don't exist, why do we even have to call it zero RB? It's redundant. That is it. That is, a very, that is an excellent. That is an excellent point. It really is redundant. I drafted guys that are football players. They just happen to be called this running back thing. It's bullshit. Jameson says, don't reach, in quotes, limits your constructions and player pools. I could not possibly agree more. That is, that's it. That's everything. I actually did, I've been playing around with that. Not like, you also don't have to take it to too many extremes early, but there are certain guys I feel already like I'm, they're not gonna fall from where their current EVPs are. So Miles Sanders is one of my guys, and I feel confident that he's not gonna be going cheaper later. So I, you start playing around with, well, what if I take, you know, someone that's gonna go around him? Like let's say Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard goes in a similar ADP bucket to to Miles Sanders, and and I think kind of similarly, it's not gonna fall. If anything, it will rise. And so. Like, well, what if I take Tony Pollard 10 picks ahead of ADP and get a Pollard-Sanders team that literally no one can get because their ADP is the exact same? You know, it's a little early for some of that, but I think it's important overall in the tournament. And, um, like, people talk about uniqueness. I talk about uniqueness. The easiest way to get unique is actually to reach. Is <laughs> to take a combination of players that just, like, don't exist in the tournament strictly because of ADP and everyone is so attached to ADP. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be attached to ADP generally speaking, but everyone is extremely attached to ADP. And so uh, that's by far the easiest way to get different. Speaking of, I'm probably going to take myself some Dallas Goddard here. One of my favorite things to do on the extreme structures is to Hold on, let me just double check the wide receiver room here real quick. Okay. That's an e- this is an easy, this is an easy turn here. I don't wanna I take Drake London and I'm taking Dallas Goddard. Goddard is um ranked for me again. If you go to the rankings, I'll post them in the chat as well. They're they're totally free right now. Um you'll see that I have Goddard at the eighth overall. So still well above this. And I have him as the tight end six, right? So um, people are taking Dalton Schultz and TJ Hawkinson ahead of Dallas Goddard. I personally am, am not. And so another similar situation. What did I, I wasn't going to get Goddard. If he, he came back, he's my highest ranked player at this spot. And then Drake London is just a guy who um, I think fits, you know, when you get a a first round rookie wide receiver fits every structure, but certainly in a structure where I am lacking uh, at the wide receiver position quite heavily um, getting a guy that is, you know, has the youthful upside, like alpha potential upside, right? Like your pipe dream is Justin Jefferson. I'm certainly not expecting that from Drake London, but the pipe dream is, is, 
he puts up a monster, you know, top 15 or whatever fantasy season at wide receiver. And uh, just by being a rookie, that uncertainty creates that range. Which is what, what I need because I need the upside at wide receiver. Michael says he has got a Ravens onslaught. Let's take a look here. Justin Jefferson, Mark Andrews, AJ Brown, Jerry Judy, Lamar Bateman. So, yeah, uh, Andrews, Lamar, and Bateman. That's nice. Uh, if you get a super, now I see, like, I wouldn't take J.K. Dobbins on, on that team. That would be what I would like call an onslaught where I'm including like the running back or even more players from, from that team. If Bateman is the alpha wide receiver and Andrews is still the number one target, you're totally fine. And Lamar's a, a great fantasy asset. Totally fine. Best Ball Moderate. What a phenomenal name, by the way. Best Ball Moderate says uh, tactical reaches are fine. Totally agree. Totally agree. As long as you're being smart about it. See, this is what I'm saying. Round G101. You're going to get yourself in trouble, B. Kurt. I am not. <laughs> I am not. You have a Lions onslaught. I actually think the Lions are a pretty kind of a fun team this year. Maybe, maybe I'm uh, not alone. Certainly, if you're already um, smashing some Lions, but I, I, I don't know. I think they're pretty exciting for fantasy. If if anyone um, besides Jared Goff is our quarterback, can you imagine what we would be saying about the Lions? Now, Jared Goff is the quarterback, so that's part of the issue, but. Um, that team fought last year, man. Like no matter the injuries, no matter how far they fell down, no matter uh, anything, right? They're onside kicking when they're down. They're trying to score. Uh, say whatever you want about Dan Campbell. Say whatever you want about how this team plays and they're, uh, you know, in, in golf. But I was really impressed with them last year. And now you get, you know, we know that I'm on rock and play. We know that Swift can play. I think we know that Hawkinson can can play. You get Jameson Williams in there, and it's still a bad defense. It's still a bad defense. And so I think um, as long as Goff can be competent, I think that there's a lot of reason to be excited over the Lions. All right, let's take a look here. So – like I said, so I took Goddard and I took Kyler, right? And one thing I really like in these extreme structures is having strong play at um, quarterback and tight end because it allows you to be more comfortable and be more flexible in how many, um, you know, quarterbacks. And uh, I'm going to, again, start to queue some guys up here. Allows you to be flexible in how many of – these others, ooh, baby. Oh, this is difficult. All right, I'm going to take Russell Gage and MBS. I think um, if you read that article, I talked a lot about MBS. We've talked, if you're in the Discord, which if you're not in the Discord, please 
Uh, I, I pump it every single show. It's the most valuable resource that I have and I use in my my process. Basically talking to everyone that you see here in the chat and lots and lots more people every single day. Um, we've talked about MVS a lot, but I think MVS is, again, in this, he fits every structure because he is like the perfect best ball player, even at his floor, right? Assuming no injury, even at his floor, he is the perfect best ball player. However, again, in this structure where I'm seeking wide receiver upside, MVS is like the dream. He comes with a floor that is going to give me multiple weeks that I absolutely clearly need at wide receiver, given what I've um, done in this draft. And then I get the potential of the wide receiver one for the chiefs. Am I projecting that? Am I, you know, how confident do I feel in that? Of course I don't, but that's in the range because there's so much uncertainty into how the targets are going to be, um, you know, uh, structured in that offense. And so um, he's, he's still one of my favorite picks, even at a, a rising ADP on drafters. Jack says, what do you think of pairing same team running backs in a cumulative scoring format? Presumably you draft Zeke and Pollard and you get every Dallas running back score for the entire year. That's somewhat appealing. I have not thought it through enough. I need to, but forgive me. It's what is, what is that? May 6th? Yeah. May 6th. Um, I need to think it through because I think you're right that in certain situations on drafters specifically, it's more appealing because you don't lose, right? The, the issue on underdog is that the regular season, like gaining those regular season points, right? Okay. Week seven Zeke misses, you know, that hurts, but like, whatever you have other running backs and you only need to finish in the top two of, of your, of course that's, that's not like easy, but it's, you only need to finish in the top two. So you don't get the Zeke points for a week. Hopefully you get one of your other running backs fill in. And then you spent a fifth round pick on Zeke. So you want him for the playoffs. Right. But in this format, it's like, I don't know if I get, if Zeke pays off his fifth round price and is good or exceeds it, you know, is a top 10 running back or something. I want that, but then if he goes down on underdog, I'm dead. It's over. You know, slight exaggeration, but kind of. If I was relying upon Zeke, he was part of the reason why my team was good, advanced to the playoffs, etc. If I don't have him now, you know, I'm dead. Like Jonathan Taylor teams last year, like you were re you were relying upon Jonathan Taylor. You like you needed him to be there for you in the playoffs because if he wasn't your team that like he was the reason why your team was good. So if the reason why your team is good is not there in the playoffs, you know, you you are drawing dead because other teams have Tony Pollard and they have their fifth round pick, which just so happened to be last year, Jamar Chase, <laughs> right? Like or Mark Andrews. And so you're really um drawing thin on that outcome on say underdog. On here, it's very different. It really is very different. Um I don't have a, like I said, I don't want to, uh, you know, get too far out over my skis, 
on on this concept, but it's something I'm I'm thinking about a little bit. And I think I do think the Zeke Pollard one is um maybe not the best. It's the best example from like a take Zeke out and Pollard as a smash. But um, I just want to think through, you know, because cost is very important and um, the certainty around the replaceability is very important. So combining all those things, I want to think through it a little bit, but I I don't want to be just like, no, you know, uh, handcuff bad, no matter what, handcuff bad. I don't want to do that either. So that's something I, uh, uh, I want to think about. Yeah, see, I don't. I definitely, uh, I, I definitely don't agree with this. Herzig says I'm far more likely to draft a running back handcuff on underdog than in this format. Um, I don't. Well, well, this is kind of what we mean. Um, Robinson is largely a handcuff to to Gibson. I mean, he's technically going to play, but so is Pollard. Um, let me hit a couple of picks here. My guy Kenny Galladay. Apparently, I'm just going to keep getting gifted. Kenny Galladay. Don't love the quarterback spot. I'm gonna, I've I've taken so much Albert O already. I'm definitely gonna take Galladay here. All right, now, so I took Galladay. Oh, oh, oh! We don't want that. My question is basically if I'm gonna take Albert O. I guess Ertz. Ertz has fallen. I'm just really not. You know what? I'm what I'm gonna take Jacoby Myers. I literally just shit on Jacoby Myers at the top of this, but I think he fits this team. He fits um, the full PPR cumulative scoring uh, like a gem. Um, so I'm not gonna overthink it. Yeah, but so anyway, back back to this. Here, I'd be likely to grab something like Gibson and Brian Robinson. I but Gibson and Brian Robinson is. Zeke and Tony Pollard. It is um, Dalvin and Alexander Madison. Like, that's what we're looking at. The Tony Pollard plays. He plays multiple series a game. He steals work. Tony Pollard had, uh, we went through it yesterday in the show, and now I'm going to forget forget it, but um, Tony Pollard had, like, several double-digit fantasy point weeks, and Zeke never even missed. And so um, I think that's an interesting part of this whole conversation as well, is that we have this idea of a handcuff running back dating back to the, you know, even well before this. David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, right? The workhorses and LaDainian Tomlinson. And every team had a running back, And then they had a backup running back, you know, now that like, it's like Najee (laughs) who like Joe Mixon doesn't play on passing downs. CMC was playing like 60 or 70% of snaps last year when healthy. Um, JT definitely does. You know, JT still last year didn't play a lot in the passing game down the stretch. He's just such a beast on the ground. There's so few of those situations. That's what makes the handcuff thing both simultaneously more like interesting to discuss and also like more useless because the the argument typically behind it is, well, when so-and-so gets hurt, I get so-and-so score. But a lot of the times you might just get a ton of middling scores because it's not like um, Le'Veon Bell 
and you're getting 100% of snaps and the backup is getting zero. So you're just getting 100% of locked in top five running back. And then you're getting, you know, a zero from your 14th round pick. A lot of the times it's a little like they, they eat into each other. You might not get great scores from either of them. And then the one goes down, right? And like Zeke and Pollard last year, you kind of just got shit from both of them all year long because they shared enough and Zeke wasn't good enough that they both just sucked. And so, um, you know, sucked is a hyperbole, but you know, you get what I'm saying that like, that's why I mentioned we have to weigh obviously the cost. And as Herzig says here, like meant uh, McKissick and Brian Robinson. I think that's true, except McKissick doesn't have any contingent value. Um, like McKissick is McKissick. Doesn't matter what happens to Gibson. Doesn't matter what happens to Brian Robinson. McKissick is just going to be McKissick. But there's probably situations. Um, I'm trying to think out loud. Um, and I don't have a good one. <laughs> uh, the Browns, maybe if they keep Kareem or if they, yeah, if they keep Kareem Hunt and Chubb gets hurt and you have Hunt and Dearness Johnson, something like that. Um, you could like stack up parlays. Like you just have a parlay of Hunt gets hurt. And then I get or uh, Chubb gets hurt, and then I get the Hunt weeks, and then Hunt gets hurt for the championship, and then I get the Durance Johnson. You know, um, we're we're really galaxy braining this stuff, but I think um, moral of the story is that it's harder on underdog, in my opinion, to to land on the scenario in which the handcuff works. It's easier here. That doesn't mean it's right, wrong, indifferent. I still no. haven't drafted. I, I literally haven't done one of these. And now I have to take McCole Hardman because uh, we're queued up and I have MVS and he fits this team. Quarterback. Yeah, I am going to take Hardman. Oh, boy. This is brutal. And then I'm going to take my Daniel Jones. Since I have Galladay, I'm going to stack up uh, Daniel Jones with Galladay. So quick review. We're through 13 rounds. Tony is paying the rake. I'll re- we'll, <laughs> we'll look at the millionaires team af- after mine. But uh, here we see... Um, move this up. Hopefully, you can see this. Um, we started what most people uh, probably did not expect from the 101, Jonathan Taylor. <clears throat> and then I went with Saquon Barkley and James Conner. So, an RB, RB, RB start, which I love to make fun of. Um, it's a good, funny Twitter bit, but um, totally viable start, as you guys all already know. Uh, particularly on drafters, I think in this format, I think it's particularly viable. And it's also important to evaluate every like player pool and the ADPs and everything like separate, like last year, I hated this start. I didn't like the running backs going at the two, three turn. I love the wide receivers going at the two, three turn. Um, there was, it, it was, we were living in a different world last year. You have to assess every year and every even like uh time pocket 
of the ADP in its own, you know, um, vacuum in its own environment. And to me, Saquon Barkley and James Conner in this format and at these ADPs are wildly undervalued. And so if I get the 101 and they're there, I'm more than happy to take them. Obviously, that's going to lead me to a structure like this. Then I went Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray at the 4-5 turn to set up a Cardinal stack. So now I have my running backs and I have a stack of one of my personally favorite offenses, highest upside offenses in the league. Come back and get, I'm very high on the Eagles. I'm very high on Dallas Goddard. Come back and get uh, Dallas Goddard. At the next at the next turn with Drake London, a high upside rookie wide receiver, and then we just hammer a bunch of wide receivers. Russell Gage. I'm actually also this makes me sick. Like I'm drafting a bunch of running backs early, and then getting like the Russell Gages and Jacoby Myers. But Russell Gage is both a good fit in this format, and with Chris Godwin hurt and now being on the Bucks, I think Russell Gage is a value. MVS talked about him. Kenny Galladay. I'm also high on on him. Jacoby Myers, another great fit. Great fit, Patriots. Another great fit for this, this team and the structure. And then McColl, <laughs> we don't need to talk about McColl Hardman, but uh, uh, take a flyer on him. And I'm also Daniel Jones, a value for me. Again, if you go, if you're, you you see the chat, um, the rankings, you'll see Daniel Jones is another kind of screaming value at the quarterback position for me. And I get why you may not be super excited for Daniel Jones, but um, I think there's a lot to be excited for from an upside perspective for him. So we got Cardinals and Giants stacks. <clears throat> Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, James Conner. Either tight end. Oof, tight end just got bad, huh? What, what the hell? I really don't want to take Evan Ingram, though, guys. I, I like Palmer. Okay, hold on, actually. I, look. When, I, when we first started, you saw the article. When we first started uh, doing these drafters drafts, David Bell was a freaking was in the 200s. We're already up to 181. So there's no chance he comes back to me. Now I'm just trying to decide if I'm taking Evan Ingram or waiting on my second tight end. I think I'm actually going to wait. I have a, a I'm going to take Josh Palmer. I have a I have a, a fourth running back in mind. Interested what you guys um favorite like cheap punt running backs are and that that's obviously a subjective you know definition but like you know on underdog 15th 16th 17th round right here same thing 15th through the 20th rounds what are, who are you guys um really liking i have i have my guys obviously uh and i think there's i think there's a lot to be interested in obviously today on may 6th some of these guys are going to end up getting cut or, or something but i think that there's a lot of really interesting late round running backs and i've i'm not so sure that that is the case at wide receiver as of now i kind of i kind of do think it is the case at tight end as well 
And honestly, quarterback's not bad at the back end. But running back in particular, I think, is is very interesting at the end of drafts. So I do need to look and actually keep a view of this. How many wide receivers do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So I'm going to be, I think, I think we're going to be. Twelve. <laughs> Depends on if I want to take a third tight end here, I guess. But uh, definitely two quarterbacks. I'm going to stick with Kyler. And Daniel Jones, four running backs to just use my JT, Saquon, and James Conner picks to maximum advantage. They all stay healthy. They all give me three running back ones, and we are off to the races. Now, I think I think we're going to – it's either going to be 11 or 12 wide receivers. What a team. Jack says, late round running backs, Damian Pierce and Naheem Hines. Hines is such an interesting one. Um, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about Pierce over the course of this offseason, but Hines is one I'm fascinated to hear. On drafters, he's especially interesting. But so um, Hayden Winks from Underdog, again, shout out, shout out Underdog, mentioned that, you know, he's just a very big fan of. Heinz's game in in general and that they you know kind of are have a very sketchy uh you know how would i say it De- you know behind <laughs> okay cooper or jordan yeah do i have any houston guys no all right uh, well i can't believe i'm taking austin hooper but such is life um there's Brian Robinson for you. I'm going to wait on the running back, and we're going to pile up more wide receivers here. One second. Sorry. I started talking. Oh, baby. It's Wandale season. Giants on, Giants onslaught. There's an onslaught. Giants onslaught. Uh, so Hayden talked about Naheem Hines, and it this has stuck with me. And I, I don't know I don't know if it's um, – just one of those things where somebody that's really smart said something and it sticks with you, or if it's actually like just like truly um, like a ground groundbreaking analysis, but he was like, okay. And I went and looked, right. So like I'm putting together the rankings and you go look, like I, I, I look through all of these depth charts. I look through all the contracts and all of that. Cause I'm looking for the Eli Mitchells and the CPATs and the, those kind of guys. Right. And you look at the Colts, and it's an opportunity that's really ripe for that, right? Like, Naheem Hines has typically been just a passing down specialist. That's he's really he's a really good receiving back, but he's not really you know a traditional running back. And so you're like, okay, let me dig into this because what happens if JT gets hurt? There's opportunity for someone else, right? It was Marlon Mack or Jordan Wilkins in the past. Now it is Deion Jackson is the returner as the third guy. And they, they signed multiple uh, UDFA, CJ Verdell and Max Borgie being the uh, most notable guys. Devontae Price, I think, too. Um, 
Don't quote me on that, but I think all three of those guys. So it, who knows? It's going to be a battle for the third running back spot. But what Hayden brings up as it, as it relates to um, Hines is like, well, what if all those guys are just the third back and Hines takes most of the work if JT goes down? And you're like, holy shit. And maybe they pass more. We're on a full PPR site. He's a really good receiver. Maybe they're throwing 40 times a game. And he's playing a lot more. He's he's someone that I have ranked pretty highly, actually. And um, I want to have I want to have a good clip of Heinz. And I'm typically a lot more anti of the third down specialist pass catching only J.D. McKissick, James White types. But I think Heinz does have some sneaky upside that um, the market is not is not accounting for. Best ball moderate, still such a good name. Mark Ingram or whoever is in the New Orleans backfield. Um, a, Kamara might be suspended. B, Kamara's getting older and, like you said, um, could get hurt and has gotten hurt um, multiple times in, in his career. Um, what I will say is they brought in Sony Michelle today for a visit. Uh, I, obviously, he has not signed yet or we would know. But um, I think they're actively uh, shout out Steve in the discord at best ballin in the discord uh, is a Saints fan and has been uh, keeping us abreast of all the, uh, the, the Saints news. And he's he's pretty adamant that the Saints are going to sign a running back. And I think I think that makes total sense. I think I think everything he's kind of mentioned um, along those lines m- makes perfect sense. And um, Sony is such a seems like such a good fit right if, if ingram is really kind of dust the saints are clearly trying to win right now sony has not obviously found a home he's kind of the hammer back to to kamara um and so i think he makes a lot of sense jameson says p ryan you mean samaje samaje p ryan that's a that's a guy that uh ironically i was i was very much on last year and um I think I'm going to be off of this year. I really don't want to queue up my guys here. So we're going to, I need to hit wide receiver. Let's take a look here. I do like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is so bad. Nine seconds. I guess I'm taking, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with Paris Campbell. Okay, I am going to take my running back. And what well, you know, you brought up uh you brought up P Ryan, Samaje. So I'll take uh it's a perfect fitting segue into one of my late round running back guys. Uh, and that's Chris Evans, which is a counter to the the P Ryan thing, which is uh the younger, more talented, more explosive running back in that backfield. And Chris Evans started to get playing time down the stretch last year, um, regardless, with no injuries or anything like that. And I think um, P. Ryan technically, I believe, can be cut. Also, perfect uh, teaser. We have we have depth charts up on on the site that you can uh, see. And on the depth charts, they have uh, like 
pre and post June. So June one is the deadline for NFL cuts where they have uh, financial ramifications. We have um, the depth charts for every single team, just from a skill position perspective, but it has pre um, June one and post June one, like how much dead money and how much cap savings they will accumulate for their team. Right. And so looking at Samaj P Ryan, his pre June one dead money is 350 K and his, his pre June one cap savings would be 1.5 million post June one, his dead money would be 1.5 million and his cap savings will be 1.5 million. So if they cut him, they won't gain anything after June one, but they would, they would gain, you know, they would not have a lot of dead money, 350 K um, if they cut him before June one. And so he's, he's 27 years old. We have age on there as well. Um, it's a, thank you. Thank you, B. Kurt. Exactly. Uh, 1.15 million to be exact. They can gain by cutting Pirine and Evans is the young, you know, he, he has his flaws as a, a kind of a prospect getting kicked out of Michigan and all that, but he is an upside play. He's a pass catcher. He's a really talented pass catcher. The thing that Mixon has not really done over his entire career is play on passing down. That P Ryan actually was their third down back last year. Now, can Chris Evans prove to uh, pass protect well enough in order to play that role? I don't know. I don't have that answer, but I do think um, he's a bet. He's a bet that I want to make right now. He's a bet that I want to make. And like worst case scenario is like, I have the third running back on the Bengals. He'll probably play a little bit. So what deal with it. Right. I did miss this. And this was a good comment by Jack. I think Walker Penny. Yeah. I think uh, going back to like the handcuff and, uh, multiple running backs from the same backfield conversation. I actually think this might be the right way to approach it. Everybody approaches it from, should I take Zeke and Tony Pollard? When, well, I guess everybody approaches it from, should I take Najee and Benny Snell? When maybe it's, should I take Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny? Or should I take CEH and Rojo? Or should I take last year, Mostert and and sermon and now again that's where the price starts to come in and and some of that stuff you know sermon and most are in particular last year i don't think i'm gonna do one of these tight ends although if i'm gonna put great in the queue and then i'm gonna put uh, <laughs> my guy danny danny gray in the queue i got a couple seconds to make a pick, you know, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to keep hammering, keep hammering my Danny Gray obsession. I just need wide receiver upside. And so I'm going to, I'm going to roll with the, the guy I'm hoping wins the third wide receiver job for the Niners. That's, that's kind of my hope is um, maybe, you know, Jawan Jennings didn't do enough to to be the third wide receiver there like locked in of course if debo gets traded which i don't i i have never really felt like it was reasonable for debo to get traded maybe he does who knows 
But uh, Danny Gray has like the weapon, speed weapon on the outside is somebody I am interested in. So um, I'll review my team really quick. We're coming up on an hour. It's Friday. Hope everybody uh, has some fun weekend plans. The weather is absolutely dreary here. And I'm really just hoping that no more rabbits fall down or, you know, nothing just chaotic happens here this here this weekend. I'm also just like naturally depressed after starting with three running backs. Like I'm not, this doesn't like fire me up for the rest of my day. Dreary weather. Maybe that's what it was. If the sun was shining, I think I would have drafted wide receivers in the first three rounds or like maybe a tight end or even Josh Allen. But like, it's so gross outside that it was like, you know, breaking into my vibe. And so the running backs just flew through me, but I do actually think it's a good team. I'm just going to run it down really quick. Started Jonathan Taylor from the influencer one Oh one and went Saquon and James Connor at the two, three turns. So started RB, 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 but then took that, that structure and did not draft another running back until the 217th pick from there stacked Kyler Murray with Hollywood Brown took um, Drake London and Dallas Goddard Goddard. One of my favorite tight ends still, even with AJ Brown, absolutely still um, in on Dallas Goddard. And then just straight loaded up on a bunch of mid round wide receivers. I, I will say, I love to joke about the wide receivers and running backs stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm still pretty in on this structure on, on drafters. Um, I'm le- I'm actually less in on it on underdog, but I- I'm I'm pretty in on this structure on on drafters. And so after London went Russell Gage, very high on him with the Bucks. MVS talked about him way too much already. Kenny Galladay, who I think is um you know from from a seventh round pick last year in the new landing spot with a terrible coaching staff. Now with Brian Dayball, I think it's just an awesome pick at his cost. Jacoby Myers fits this format really well. McCall Hardman. Who knows, but we'll take our flyers without Tyreek on the, on the chiefs, David Bell, one of my guys, Josh Palmer somehow escaped the NFL draft without another wide receiver there. We'll see if they sign somebody, but could be set up for, for a nice third wide receiver role in LA. Wandale Robinson rounds out a, a, a giants onslaught and a late rookie wide receiver, Paris Campbell. Who I'm sadly going to be in on again this year. I can't believe I'm going to do this for three years in a row with Paris Campbell and Danny Gray. One of my, one of my wide receivers um, took Daniel Jones and Austin Hooper to round out the onesie positions. Fun draft. Um, I'm going to continue to keep doing, I'm figuring out the schedule specifically. Um, so if you're still watching, thank you for, for hanging out. I'm figuring out exactly how we're going to do the draft. So Mondays and Fridays are draft streams. Tuesdays are the football show, which will uh, oftentimes have a, a draft included in it. That's up to Rob. Rob at King Coakley runs the Tuesday show. Um, and a lot of times there will be a draft in there. Wednesdays is best ball bros. You take some time off, kind of talk to people. You saw Herzig in the chat. We did a show with Herzig a couple weeks ago. Have done shows with uh, a ton of awesome personalities across the industry. And then Thursdays are more like strategic talk. Um, you guys are going to get tons of draft streams for the entire summer. I'm going to try to not do one every single day, right? We don't need to do a draft stream every single day. But I think 
what I'm going to do is underdog with Silas on Monday nights and drafters myself on Fridays. I think that's the tentative schedule we're going to try to stick to. Um, but we'll see. We'll play it by ear. I'm flexible. Uh, we'll see what you guys we'll see what you guys think. Tony says glad we didn't review his teams. Yeah, shocker. You want a million dollars, so you're getting crazy. Uh, I don't want to fucking hear it. DKB says, yep, tried robust on drafters and got absolutely shut out of wide receiver. Never doing it again. I think I got a little lucky. I feel okay with these wide receivers, but we'll see when this team finishes uh, near the bottom on drafters. Thank you, guys. Uh, have an awesome weekend. I'm excited. Um, shout out to my F1, my, my F1 fans. F1 Miami this weekend. Check it out. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. F1 Miami. I'll be on drafters taking a break from underdog until the schedule gets released. If you want to draft, head to the discord, check out the wanna draft channel, hop in there. You ever need to fill a draft? We can fill it like that for you until then. Uh, or, or until uh, Monday, I will see you guys a little bit later. Have a good weekend. Peace.